everyone. Welcome to Discussions on Concussions podcast. Today we have back Ryan Daniel, our med student at University of Toronto that has endured many concussions and went from his hockey life to now being a doctor in training. So Ryan, thank you so much for coming back. We're happy to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for having me back. So Ryan, I would love to know about the research that you have done on concussions. I've just heard little things from when you did research in a lab back in, was it undergrad or? Yeah, yeah, all the research I did was in undergrad, yeah. Okay, that's so cool. So whenever you're ready, share whatever awesome findings that you you found during your studies. Okay, yeah, thanks. Um, I don't think I have any kind of groundbreaking findings, but <laughs> I can uh, I can walk you through some of the research I was doing. So, um, so I started doing research in first year um, of of, you know, of my undergraduate degree um, in translational molecular medicine. So. Um, that research was with Dr. Taryn Taylor at the Carleton Sports uh, Medicine and Physiotherapy Clinic. That's at Carleton University in, in Ottawa. Um, and so that was kind of research, but more of kind of a rehabilitation protocol. Um, so the, the kind of title of the product, project, if you would, is um, Subthreshold Exercise Training to Treat Persistent Post-Concussion Syndrome. Um, <laughs> Um, so Helpful. quite, quite a long name. Um, but basically what ended up happening is there was a fourth year student by the name of Shara Schwartz, um, who was doing her honors thesis, um, basically looking at concussions. And I kind of joined them as a first year student and was, was helping her with a project and eventually kind of took it over. Um, once she, she moved on to physiotherapy school. Um, awesome. so yeah, so, I mean, the project was really focused on seeing if we can use exercise and use it at, at what we call subthreshold, which is, um, you know, not having a extreme increase in your symptoms. Um, if we can use exercise as kind of a way to actually treat some of the symptoms of post-concussion syndrome. Um, so what, what kind of study entailed or, the rehab protocol entailed, if you will, um, was we would have patients come into the clinic. Um, we'd run them through the SCAT uh, test, which I'm sure you've probably done, yeah. time, <laughs> which is um, kind of this this paper test looking at coordination and and all sorts of other other things associated with cognition. Um, and then we would get them on the treadmill to do what's called the Buffalo Concussion Treadmill Test. Um, and done that too. <laughs> you've done that. Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very well, uh, well versed in this stuff, I'm sure. Um, yeah. so we get them on the treadmill and, um, basically we'd be monitoring their symptoms as we increase the incline of the treadmill. Um, and, uh, basically we would stop, uh, the treadmill when I believe their symptoms increased by two or three points. Um, so we were using a, a 10 point scale. Um, and at that point we would take their heart rate and we would take 80% of that heart rate and we would tell them to go home and train, um, hopefully on a stationary bike five mm -hmm. times a week for 20 minutes at that heart rate level. Um, and then they would come back every three weeks and we basically redo all the testing and hopefully give them a new heart rate 
it was hopefully a little bit higher um, that was kind of showing us that um, they were able to injure exercise at a higher uh, exertion level. Um, so, so yeah, so, so I did that for, I guess, two years until the end of second year. Um, and it wasn't, so I, I mentioned that Shira, uh, she presented it as her thesis and really I was kind of coming in to, to keep following the patients who have been part of the protocol, um, and kind of make sure that they still had somebody looking after them. So it really became more of a rehab type thing than, than formal research in that sense. Um, and I guess so that, can on. that can be even better. <laughs> yeah. And I guess really what, what we kind of found, um, is that, you know, as we already know, the concussions, the recovery is, is very variable. Um, and I think that was really difficult for some of the patients that I dealt with because, um, you know, at one point they would have their, their sub-threshold heart rate. So 80% of their heart rate, um, you know, at one point it would be high. And then after three weeks, it would actually go down. And that's not exactly what we were expecting. Um, and, um, you know, that just goes to show that the trajectory of the recovery is, is not something that you can kind of, you can pinpoint that this is exactly how this person is going to go. Um, and I think that was really hard for, for the patients. And certainly I saw some of the kind of the emotional side. I mean, I dealt with that personally, but, um, dealing with patients who are crying in the clinic and, and, you know, trying to support them and, and get them through their journey. So, um, you know, I, I think that was a really, really special time for me. It was amazing to interact with patients that that had gone through similar things as I had um, and, and try to help them as much as possible. Um, and, and really, that was another thing that was amazing there is I met one of the patients who was part of this concussion advisory group that was part of the University of Ottawa Brain and Mind Institute. Um, which was basically this amazing group of patients, uh, clinicians, and other healthcare providers that were getting together um, usually about every couple of months to talk about um, new research in the field of concussions, um, talk about how we can increase awareness about concussions, and really um, give more of a patient voice of what patients need to recover better Um from from something like post concussion syndrome, so I ended up starting. I joined that group, which was which is amazing, and that was through one of these patients um, from the Carleton University um, study. So that was amazing, and, and it was really nice to be able to stay connected with with a network of patients who who had gone through similar things as me. And then I kind of yeah. put on a different hat as more of a researcher, um, which was which was really cool and. Um, that group is still going now, um, and we actually had uh, two March for Concussion events in 2018 and 2019. There was supposed to be one in 2020, but you know the story there. Right. <laughs> um, so those were amazing events. They were held in March, um, and basically what they consisted of was a walk around downtown Ottawa um, to raise awareness and fundraise for concussion research at the University of Ottawa Brain and Mind Institute. Um, and we had uh, some very interesting speakers. We had one of my, I t- I'll talk about uh, one of my future pr- principal investigators who talked there, Baptiste Lacoste. Uh, we had Blaine Hoshizaki, um, who's a researcher that kind of explores how we can um, 
use better protective equipment in sports to protect mm-hmm. for concussions, um, specifically helmets and things of that nature. So it was amazing to have him. And then we also had Claire Smith, who's a, who's an Olympian that suffered from concussions um, and talk about her journey. So, so that was amazing. Um, and they're still wow. going um, and they're still trying to raise awareness. And obviously pandemic has kind of put a hold on everything, but I'm sure that they're going to come back strong and, and really get out there. Um, and, and some of the, some of the women, some of the patients that I met there were, were just incredible in terms of their resolve and ability to, to bounce back, you know, some of them having concussion symptoms for over five years. And, um, you know, we talked about on the last episode about me kind of changing my identity from hockey player, but some of these people having to completely change careers, having to stop teaching or stop doing what they love. Um, so it was really inspirational, but it also made me extremely grateful um, that I kind of had the opportunity to fully recover from my concussions. Um, and this group sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're they're <laughs> they're an incredible group. Um, That's so awesome that you had that, especially when you were probably dealing with the fact that you were still really recovering from that last concussion going into undergrad. Mm-hmm. And then being able to find this kind of other support in a sense that you started being a part of that, that research and then it developing into finding this whole other group of people like hearing this event, I'm like, okay, I need to find this group on the internet and look out for their March in 2021. Yeah. Fair class stuff like that could happen then because I would totally drive from Mississauga to Ottawa just for that. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll definitely connect you. It's, it's an amazing group. Um, I think they're probably meeting virtual now, or if they're still meeting, I've kind of been out of the game a little bit with medical school, but, uh, but yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're fantastic. And, and they're really trying to push things forward from more of a patient perspective, which I think is often lost. Um, now being part of kind of the dark side of the clinician side of things. So, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. Um, so from there, um, so I stopped doing kind of the clinical concussion work. And in third year, um, I got kind of more involved in kind of the basic science of concussions. Um, so mm-hmm. things started out with Dr. Baptiste Lacoste, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, and he was with another principal investigator named Dr. Adam Shuhan. They're both incredible, incredible uh, scientists. Um, and so the idea there was to try to uncover some of the pathophysiology of concussions and kind of dig a little bit deeper. Um, and what it really evolved into was my fourth year honors thesis, which was um it had hoped to be really validating uh, imaging biomarker for concussions, but it really ended up being just validating um, the mouse model of concussion that will then eventually be used to hopefully validate that imaging biomarker. Um, but uh, there's a, you know, a lot of science there, a lot of stuff to talk about, but in, in kind of very brushstrokes, the idea was um, basically we're using PET scans and PET scans, the way they work is that um, you basically inject patients or in our case, we were injecting our mice um, with a radio tracer. Um, and a radio tracer is just 
basically a compound that is emitting radiation and that gets detected by um, uh, the, the PET scanner. And so basically wherever the tracer goes, shows up as a bright spot um, on your imaging. Um, mm. So our whole idea was maybe we can use some of these, some kind of acute inflammatory markers after concussion. Um, and maybe we can use our new tracer that we developed um, to be able to not only diagnose concussions, but hopefully monitor them um, over time. And And really what was kind of exciting for us was to get to a point where possibly we could have, um, we could see changes on imaging. So we could see kind of inflammation lighting up in the brain, if you will. Um, but the patient would have no symptoms. Um, and, you know, at that point, maybe the patient shouldn't actually be returning to play. Because as you know, um, so we were really thinking from an athletics protocol uh, side of things. But as you know, you know, really right now, in terms of getting back to returning to play, it's very subjective in terms of the patient's symptoms um, and how they're feeling. Do you feel good to go? Can you, you know, exercise for this X amount of time without feeling poorly? Um, but maybe they're still at high risk, even if they don't have symptoms. So uh, those are right. some of the goals of the project. Um, obviously, research is is very difficult, especially basic science research, and there's always hurdles along the way. So we didn't really get to our ultimate goal, but hopefully um, the group that's still working there, uh, primarily under Dr. Adam Schuhendler, hopefully um, they get to a point where they can validate some of those things. But um, mm-hmm. basically my role in that was developing a mouse model of concussion, um, which as you can imagine is, is very difficult. So yeah. mice are not the same as humans. Um, no. Newsflash. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that was very hard, not only from kind of an ethics point of view, but also mm-hmm. from just a research point of view is very hard to recapitulate what a concussion in a, in a human is in a mouse. So um that's kind of the research side of things that that I was a part of. Yeah, that's, that's really neat. And uh, I love again, that you were able to have that as your undergrad and then still continue on to, to be in med school, but still have that experience of suffering from concussions as yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that, that will be very handy when you officially become a doctor. And I can even tell right now, like how you're explaining this research and and everything that you're going to be a great doctor because for me, I hate science. Mm -hmm. I know a lot about concussions, obviously, but for you to, the way you were wording things by saying, and then we did this, which that is this. I'm like, okay, I can follow along. So uh, what kind of doctor do you think you're, you're going to be? That is a great question. Um, (laughs) You have time. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, Definitely kind of interested in surgery, but also interested in emergency medicine. I could see myself in orthopedics. I I really don't know. Um, You know, something I guess I didn't realize going to medicine is how many different specialties there are. So Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't really realize that. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of decisions to be made in the coming years, but yeah. I'm trying to just enjoy the ride at this point. Well, no matter what, it's nice to, to know that 
there's somebody like you that is able to not only empathize with patients, but also to be able to describe and, and take the time to explain things, no matter what kind of doctor you're going to be, that's going to be a very good trait to have. There's so many doctors that just come in and they're not people, people. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they just brush over things Mm -hmm. and yeah, that, that can definitely be a problem, especially when it's people that are dealing with concussions. I know it can be really hard at times if, if you have a family doctor when they're diagnosing for the first time versus when you're then put off to a specialist, huge difference, which, um, it's nice that we have those those options. Yeah, I would probably still be doing no exercise and things like that if we didn't have the findings. Because that's that's one problem too, which it's really interesting to hear about mm-hmm. your first layer of research is that my concussions one to maybe even five. I was told not to exercise, which I yeah. used to be a runner, and I used to be a sports coach for kids, and I used to like love doing things but I was told not to and now I'm told during this recovery like no you need to get out you need to walk you need to be on your stationary bike you need to do things I'm just like this is so different than what I was first told so it's really hear that side of of where you were at yeah I think it's you you make some great points I think um you know medicine definitely still has a ways to go until we have all clinicians kind of on the same page about concussions and how to manage them. Um, And, you know, I certainly still have a lot, a lot to learn. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, one thing that's been amazing is kind of patient advocacy. And I definitely saw that with the advisory group, but, you know, oftentimes you're getting patients coming in and they kind of know more than you. Um, I definitely found (laughs) that when I was doing research in first and second year, I had, some amazing patients that came in and they would tell me, tell me a lot of stuff that I didn't even know. So, um, you know, I think that's an aspect definitely as a future clinician. I mean, you want to have it really be a two way relationship with yourself as the physician and obviously your patient. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if your patient can be bringing things to the table and, and really you guys working together to, to come to some sort of solution, depending on what the problem is. I mean, obviously at some times the clinician might need to take the, you know, the, the driver's seat and sometimes the patient might have to take the driver's seat. Um, but yeah. you know, no matter what happens, I think we are getting there. I mean, definitely in our medical, in my medical training, you know, we're, we're taught so much about patient centered care, um, and, uh, and those sorts of things and the importance of empathy, um, and things that have kind of been lost in the, in the kind of shuffle of medicine, I think. Um, so, Hopefully we get better. Um, I, I hope to be one of those <laughs> that, that really cares for their patients. And uh, and I hope my patients feel that way as well. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to to hear when, when you all become doctors. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank the you. whole new generation of doctors seems pretty good to me. So yeah. I'm excited to hear that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, Ryan. It was a pleasure and we're honored to have you again and to, to talk things through and who knows, maybe we'll have you on again sometime soon. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah. And again, uh, thank you so much for, for having this platform. I know uh, in my recoveries, hearing other people's stories, I mean, for me, it was directly from patients, but 
hearing those mm-hmm. stories are so helpful. So, so thank you amidst your recovery for keeping <laughs> on going and, and, and really putting this at the forefront of your priorities. Cause I know it helps people. So, uh, so thanks a lot. Aw, thanks so much, Ryan. And thanks everyone for listening. Remember to rest that head of yours.